empty yourself of everything. Let the mind become still. The ten thousand things rise and fall while the self watches their return. They grow and flourish and then return to the source. Returning to the source is stillness, which is the way of nature. You are listening to Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. Expand your mind and keep it love. Welcome back to episode 108 of the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. The topic for today's podcast is what I call the Grand Chessboard. And what is the Grand Chessboard? Well, what it is, is I always refer to anything that's strategic in nature or multi-level, multi-dimensional, you know, to refer to it as, as the chessboard. Reason being, obviously, when you're in a game of chess, you know, you have to you have to think in those ways. So what's taking place right now, things that we see the individual components, but a lot of people are not connecting those components together to see what the grand chessboard is. So we'll we'll kind of go through it right now, and it's I've been kind of YouTubing all week, and I'm getting on this bit shoot. I, I think I have one video on bit shoot, but I can't even find my own side on bit shoot. So go figure. But I, I, everybody will probably end up getting off YouTube. Okay, so one of the main pieces right now is this project Veritas, and what's happening with this project Veritas? I was watching this. I really do watch that Tin Foil Hat with Sam Tripoli, the guy. The guy's a G. So I was watching, uh, he was interviewing some guy, the guy that did the, uh, Jason, I think his name is, the guy that did the movie Loose Change. Good, great, great podcast. Excellent podcast. So I am watching that and they're, they're discussing this Project Veritas and, and, and what it is. And they were showing different clips of Google executives, I think uh, the, the person that's in charge of the creative, like a very high-level person at Google, female, and they were videotaped off camera, you know, secretly uh, in a discussion. And what they were saying was that they don't want to happen again in 2016. They don't want, to ha- that want it to happen in 2020, like by Donald Trump getting elected. So what they're doing is they're skewing the, the results of not the results, but the content that's being put out, the searches that you put out, like into Google and YouTube and such. So, what they call it, they have a name for it, and it's this whole double speak. They call it fairness, right? That's the new speak. Love is war, you know. Debt is money, and you know this is the new speak that we're in right now. So they call it fairness, and they had a technician, you know, a programmer, and a number of people from Google off camera, and they were talking about how they have to employ and implement fairness into the algorithms when you execute a search so you know i mentioned this on some of my podcasts i'm not going to repeat a lot of the same stuff but when you go and put put in a search for you know 9-11 or whatever you're going to get like uh some something that shoots it down or that uh what's that guy's name strokes or stokes or whatever his name is the guy that debunks everything uh, so that that's really what's happening with this Project Veritas. The, the media is being put in a position where... I'll tell you something. The stuff that I was listening to on that Sam Tripoli with uh, the Tinfoil Hat podcast, they were talking about how Google is an extension of the CIA and 
And, and it's kind of obvious, you know, because the government and, and, and Google and some of these larger companies, they work together, which we all know, and that's fine. That's fine. But what we want to be careful of is we don't want to happen what happened in 1917, October, which was the Bolshevik Revolution, where we all get herded into um, death camps. I know it sounds crazy, dude, but just this was 100 years ago. Literally. Well, this is 2019, 102 years ago. So not to keep beating a dead horse, but these are the things that people have to be aware of. Again, I see a beautiful thing where I see people waking up and and bringing these things to light. Now, be aware, right now in China, they have this technology that's being employed where it's like a facial recognition, but it's a biometric network where, let's say, an individual person, you know, they go to buy a train ticket to visit their, their auntie in another city. When they go to buy the ticket, it's going to be rejected and say no because you're, you're late on your gas bill and we didn't like your comments on you know on that email that you sent up because they're, they're monitoring everything. So that's, that's not good in any way. China is the test ground, is the breeding ground for this. And I'm not speculating or guessing that that's exactly what's happening right now. This is the test. This is the uh, prototype in China that's taking place. And it's not covering the whole population i think it's covering like 10 percent of the population but in 2020 in a few months it's going to be nationwide in china where everybody's going to be under this thing where you have a, a, a i guess a chip or a pin that you use and everything is monitored every every step that you take is monitored why why is there a need to do that why can't just people live the reason they put these things in place is because there's nefarious intent and intention and plans in place right so I'm I'm a crazy guy, right? Just look at the world in the past 10 years. So China has the surveillance. Now, that's over there, and they're going to implement that. They want to implement that over here. That's why they want to take away uh, our freedom of speech by this new thing that's called hate speech. So if it's anything that they don't like, then it's hate speech. You know? uh, the other thing, there's two other things that are, that are re- I think if we could handle these two things, things actually three things because the the federal reserve would have to be abolished but you know we would have to issue our own money and not have uh independently owned bank issuing our government's money at interest but um so that's the third there's three things that's number one number two would be the big business lobbies in other words lobbyists come into the white house and basically they cut deals and tell the guy look vote for this vote this way for me on this uh, referendum and vote this way and let's go do this and then when you get out you're going to have you know a nice job waiting for you at our corporation and in addition to that um, you know you're going to have a, this little yacht that we're going to pick up for you in Barbados or whatever whatever I don't know what it is but they, they have their ways of covering up their, their actions so these biz- these lobbyists they're basically really controlling the vote in Congress and, and all the stuff like that it's craziness Add, add dual citizenship to that. You have people in Congress that are dual citizens, that they're actually a citizen of one nation and our nation at the same time. How the hell are you going to have somebody in government? Listen to me really careful, man. How are you going to have somebody in government governing this nation in Congress that is a citizen of this nation plus another nation? you got to make a choice if you're going to be ruling this country or be uh, making decisions for this country. 
dual citizens, and I'm not going to start mentioning names of countries and stuff like that. I'm not going to get into that. But we have to take our country back. You know, at first, when you see this whole Donald Trump is wins by a landslide and all this stuff like that, and he's saying he's doing all the right dog whistling. He's saying all the right things. Guy hasn't done shit. You know, better than Hillary Clinton. And if you're a Trump fan, you know, I'm sorry, man. I mean, I, I shouldn't say he hasn't done shit. I'm sure there's a couple of things. I don't watch news, so I don't follow the things that he does. I just, I, I'm just uh, what you call an anti-war activist. That's all I do. I'm an anti-war activist. I hate war. So Trump came in slinging guns. Oh, we're going to do this and that, and we're going to clean this up, and everything Everything has gotten worse. He's got all Goldman Sachs people in his, in his cabinet, and he's just he's as corrupt as all of them. So... Sorry about that. That's my dog in the back. So you have these uh, these politicians and these uh, congressmen and such that are dual citizens. That 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 can't happen. We really can't have that because where, where does your allegiance lie? Okay. All these deal cutting. Of course, when you have power and money combined, and 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 people sitting in smoke filled cigar rooms, you know, prototypical smoke filled cigar rooms, cutting deals under the table. You know what's going to happen, and that's where we are right now. But the 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 trick to that on top of that what they want to do is they want to enmesh the whole planet under it that's why they're doing that stuff in china and any speech that goes against that is going to be called anti this or anti that or hate speech you know what happens is you have a really bad combination when you have lobbyists and politicians together because the only thing that a politician is looking for is to get reelected and that campaign money so the lobbyists provide the politician the campaign money to get elected and once that politician gets elected he's in the po- pocket of these lobbyists who continue to have that politician in their pocket because the money all right from the big businesses so it's just a vicious cycle politicians only goal is to get re- reelected what's happening right now is endless wars um i I'm going to play a clip of General Wesley Clark where he talks about how America is going to invade seven nations in five years, and it's all really for oil. He says it. This is Gen- General Wesley Clark. You can go. I would go on DuckDuckGo because it probably won't pop up on YouTube. And listen to what he has to say. It's all for oil and resources of these regions. If they didn't have oil, we wouldn't be there. And what he said was, you know, within five years, we're going to be at war with Syria, Iraq, Libya, Afghanistan, Sudan, and I think North Korea, he said. And it's funny, those are the only countries that don't have a centralized banking. <laughs> so it's kind of obvious. you got to open up your eyes and see see really what's happening right now. That's why I do these podcasts. You guys, you know, one other thing to you, if you listen to me or watch whatever I do, I like to go back a lot of times. Like I'll go back to 1917 and the Bolshevik Revolution, or I'll go back to Alexander the Great or back to Hamel, uh, uh Hannibal, I like to go back. Go back. There was a guy back in the, um, I guess, mid-1980s, and his name was Bill Cooper or William Cooper. You know, some of the stuff I'm going to say about 20% of the stuff that he said, I I don't accept. I I just write, but about 75, 80% of what he said, I'm going to say the dude was almost kind of like a prophet, man. I mean, he just broke down back then, 30, 40 years ago, broke down. What's happening today, man? Bill Cooper, check him out on YouTube and see, uh, you know, he might be using different terminology and he might be a scruffy looking guy, kind of sweaty looking and kind of whatever. But man, the dude is really cerebral 
and uh, you know he was killed. You know, I guess some, there was some kind of scuffle, and he he was killed. Supposedly, he predicted 9/11. He said that it was going to happen, and it was going to be pinned on this guy named Osama bin Laden. And I think about a month later, that happened. You know, that's check him out, man. So, what does all of this mean right now? The fact that you know you have all of this bad news and all of these negative things going on. Well, that's only half the equation. The other half of the equation is how you handle the situation or how you handle these pieces on the chessboard. You need to maximize the self, right? Understand that your fulfillment doesn't come from this material stuff, that your true purpose in life really is to be self-realized, is to take care of your family and love your family and all that fun stuff. Back to the flip side of the negative, you know, that's really why they're trying to break the family down because that's the strength and the nucleus of everything. It's like nature is fractal, right? You look at an atom, right? It has positive and negative charge and it has a nucleus, which is the center, which is the, basically the brain or the operating system of that organism, of that cell. You kick it up a level and you have a molecule, which are certain types of atoms, whether similar or different, whatever, but they're connected in a chain, in a cluster, which functions differently when it's in that combination than it is independently. So basically that's the next structure up. The next fractal structure up is going to be our solar system. When you look at the sun in the middle, just like the nucleus and the planets going, planets and moons going around the sun, just like protons and electrons. And don't give me no flat earth shit. That shit is retarded. <laughs> because if it was a flat earth, if the sun was sh shining in Japan, it'd be shining on me too. It's not going to shine down like a light. Like a, like that's retarded, man. Anyway, I digress. The um, fractal, right? So the planets are like the protons and electrons. And then when you look at the universe, it's actually spiraling and spinning, right? So that's the fract the fractal nature of existence of, of God's creation. It's fractal. So what ends up happening right now is that the family structure is like the nucleus of everything and it's the foundation that everything is built on because as an individual i don't want to use the word weak but as as an individual person there's only so much you can do and it's always easier to have somebody lighten the load somebody that cares for you somebody that you know is there for you so when they break up the family they remove that and then they're able to attack your psyche and gaslight you and do all that negative stuff that they're putting upon us through the diet and everything that's going on. I don't, I don't want to go negative. So on this flip side of it, we're going to get into the positive where the first thing, my my view of it is the first thing that you must do, that you have to do, is have a clear, clean-cut understanding of this paradigm reality, this gestalt that we're in right now and have an understanding of what's what's at play. In other words, there are people scheming and planning to, you know, to do you wrong, so being aware of that is is a must. You have to know what's happening. You can't you can't be a big dummy about it. So that's the first block, and the second block is going to be the fact that you're aware of the essence that you have within you and your spirituality and the love and your family, and you build upon that. So you have no control. You have to take the stoic approach where you have no control over over the negative actions that they're taking, right? 
so you employ that stoic approach and say, you know what, what I need to do is bear down on the things that I can do and cut out the nonsense and the frivolous stuff and just really, really try to perfect myself and perform alchemy of the self as much as possible. As I said, that Stoic philosophy is really reminds me a lot. Not reminds me a lot, it's almost a mirror image of uh, Eastern philosophy, really, when they get into the self and the detachment. So that's that's what I'm seeing right now. It's I'm gonna say over the past three weeks, man, it's it's been a little crazy. I've been just YouTubing and on DuckDuckGo checking out videos and <clears throat> on BitChute looking at um, different things that are going on right now and the forces, the forces of nature and the patterns that are emerging right now where there's a there's a tremendous struggle happening right now. So you got to find that center and get a clear focus of, of, of what that pattern is doing because you end up in a, in a sandstorm. You know, you have overload as far as you know me talking to you about this and then you put on the news and everything like that turn off your television turn that television off really man don't if you're gonna watch a ball game a baseball game or something fine that's a child's game but you know i could enjoy a good football game occasionally but actually i haven't watched a football game in about five years but i used to for a little bit i used to love football actually but it's ridiculous all the money and uh just you know, you get a poor kid, you know, he's in high school, he, he, you know, he has all of his eggs in that football basket, and if he feels he's going to make it, he blows out his knee, and, you know, he's on public assistance, and, you know, in, in many instances, this is what happens, so, you know, it's a game, it's a game, look at it that way, if you're fortunate enough to make it to the big time and make, and make that money, hey, man, blessings, and, 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 you know, praise God, and for you atheists out there, if you hear me, you know, talking about God or whatever, I, I don't judge, you know, if you're atheist, agnostic, or whatever you are, whatever religion you are, other than Satanists. If you're a Satanist, I don't want to know about you. I might debate you, but I wouldn't want to know about you. Um, actually, I wouldn't even debate you because you're unclean, man. You're, you're from the other side. You're from the darkness, from the negative energy. And this show is all about light and uplifting and power and love and the family. Yeah, it's craziness. Like, I'm watching these comedians. They're getting up on stage, and they, they, they have the dumbest-ass jokes. You know, they're talking about... Uh, just nonsense. I was just listening to Tom Rhodes, his podcast, and he was talking about how he was trying to pitch a show to a certain network, Netflix or something like that, and they said he wasn't diverse enough, meaning they're not accepting white dudes. I'm Puerto Rican, but I, I, I don't go for any of that kind of judgment. If you're talented, you're talented. Tom Rhodes is a funny dude. He's an international guy. Uh, established, has been around forever. And you're getting these guys coming up on uh, Netflix that are like, Never have beens, or just I don't know. They're just putting people on for the wrong reasons. You know, you, you talent. This should be a meritocracy, not a corporatocracy, or not a uh, cronyism. You know, where, where you favor your family, nepotism, and people that you know. It should be a meritocracy where your merit pushes you forward and and, and gets uh, you know gets you the reward that you deserve for your hard work for your merit. Comedians, man, I'm I'm watching comedy. I'm clicking up comedy on YouTube and a couple of different things that I'm watching, and you could see literally see the comedian walking on eggshells as you know he'll say a joke and the audience kind of like oh like did, did he say the wrong gender, you know because I, I I forget where it was a guy got on that topic and like he 
you know, the audience booed and everything like that. Are you serious? You know, go listen to some comedies from, from, from 10 years ago. And you you heard the beginning of it about 10 years ago. But right around 10 years ago, you know, you would hear all of these different comedians just talking about everything. And it, and it was funny. And as far as comedy, like, you will hear... Now, I'll say it the way it is. You'll hear a, a, a black dude, oh, this white guy, and, you know, he's so funny. And, and if he's funny, I'll laugh my ass off. But why is it if a black, uh, if a white dude is like, oh, you know, this brother, this black dude, and, oh, no, you know, like the audience is like, you can't do that. Well, it's just words, dude. It's comedy. You know, you're trying to be funny. You know, you, it's like when I grew up, there was a thing called snapping. Probably in this audience, probably 0.05% of the people listening to this, this is some Brooklyn shit, know what snapping is. It's probably 70s, 60s, and the 70s, even 80s. Snapping is like, <clears throat> you know, you have you and your friends, you're there, let's say, a few dudes, or even with one, you and one other dude. And he'll look at you and say, yo, what's up with the sneakers, man? Your sneakers look like... And he'll come out like, like one dude one time, I came to play some basketball. I was like 15 or 16. And when I stepped on the court, I don't know what it was, either my sneakers or my jacket, but the dude said, yo, those, you, you walking on this court with them sneakers look like you just fell off a bridge or something like that. I didn't know what it meant, but like the fact that he said it looked like I just fell off a bridge. I was like, holy shit. But that's snapping. You know, everybody's like, oh, that's snapping. When you, when you, uh, or some dude said, yo, your mom's so dumb. They told her it was chilly outside and she bought a spoon. I know it's stupid humor, but that, that's snapping. You know, some, some guys are hilarious. On YouTube, if you put in, I, what is that? Fubu snaps. F-U-B-U snaps. They have this boxing ring and these dudes come in and they battle with snaps and it's hilarious. So I digress. You know, you. Why does it matter? Like, if is it if a dude is black or white, or one one group can speak about? It. I know that you know our, us minorities or whatever. We've been underprivileged under history and everything like that. But it's it's really time to put that away, right? Time to put that away. You know, it's a crutch because what happens is it's something that we as a people we lean upon it, and the fact that we're leaning on it makes us makes us weaker, right? What we want to do is put a little bit more. Um, weight on our shoulder, the, the weight of our family, the weight of our kids, the weight of our career, and, and, and doing better for ourselves, as opposed to seeking out crutches that are going to lighten our load in life. I have a saying, you know, the harder you work when you're young, the easier the rest of your life is going to be. And it's, if you think about it, it's obviously true. So, back to the comedy, it's like, it's the hate speech thing, you know, you can't like, you know, the whole gender, the whole race, where somebody's from, um, it's just, it, it just doesn't make any kind of sense until you put all the pieces together and you realize that there's actually, like, like I said, a ch grand chess game taking place right now and you are not in control of it and your pieces are being moved for you. How does that feel, Right. How does that feel? Not good. Again, I, I kind of apologize for for this uh, the heaviness of, of these last few broadcasts, and I'm I'm contingent upon what I see happening because I I see <clears throat> I literally see the hundredth monkey waking up. You know that whole Carl Jung with the collective unconscious, where there's a fulcrum point or tipping point. 
in the consciousness of man where when you have X amount of people tipping into a certain way, everybody else is able to tap into it instantly through the ether. In other words, it just happens naturally. Like I said, that hundredth monkey story is there was a hundred monkeys on it. Not a hundred monkeys. There was, there was a few thousand monkeys on an island. After World War II, they were doing a lot of testing in those little, I think the Bikini Islands, somewhere in the Pacific. And then the whole, those little islands were radiated and the only uh, thing living on those islands were these monkeys. They went to repopulate it with monkeys. But the scientists, as they came back in, they taught the monkeys to wash the coconuts off for the radioactive dust before they consumed it. And they taught it to like the first group, 10 and 10 and 10. By the time they got to the 100th monkey, the 100th monkey started washing uh, the coconut off. All the thousands of monkeys on on that island and the islands in proximity all started washing their coconut. And that's that whole collective unconscious 100th monkey thing where we're all connected in 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 a network that connects us all through the Akashic Records, whatever whatever kind of name you want to put on it. But what I'm seeing right now and what I'm thinking is happening in these past few weeks is some kind of hundredth monkey shit where I just I just hear it echoing people getting right to the subject, like just saying what it is and talking about these endless wars. Why why have we been in war for the past almost twenty years? I think it's been since twenty nineteen We've been in a war since after 9-11, 2001. So there's 19. So like 18 years we've been at war. We've been in Afghanistan for 18 years and we're still there. For what? For what? For the opium? I don't know. You tell me. There's, there's no real reason for us to be there. There's no terrorism going on over there. You know, you look, we, we, we tried to, you know, take over Syria. There's a, there's a plan that's happening in that Middle East. Like I said in the last podcast, and you can hear it echoed in the words of General Wesley Clark when he talks about, it's about the oil. But there's even more to it than that. But before, if you know anything about strategy, military war, anything like that, the really, you, you might say the most important thing besides, you know, your, your gear, you know, your, your, your weapons of war is going to be fuel because without it, Without that fuel, these things cannot run, and you're dead in the water. So that's why that region is so very, very strategic right now. It seems like Venezuela kind of, you know, got quiet. I haven't heard that much about Venezuela. Haven't heard much about Yemen, but I know that there's still babies that are starving to death over there. And if I'm not mistaken, there's a, there's some starvation going on in the planet, and that's one thing that really cuts across my grain is when you have a baby starving for no reason. You know, and then people over here want to buy a $600 Apple Watch. You know, the word the word of the day is going to be gratitude, to be grateful for everything that you have. You know, that's, that's really what it's about. Uh, yeah, this is, this is endless war that we have right now, and they just want to build upon the war. This guy Bolton is, is a fucking demon. Look at him with his mustache. All he wants is war. He wants to kill. He wants to kill babies, families. You know, he, he this guy has never. This guy wouldn't know what logos was if it hit him in the head. You know, and logos is basically just truth, the way, God, the Tao. I got to get back to talking uh, on the Tao. Pretty soon, uh, I miss I miss getting into my Taoism and my Buddhism. So, endless war is what we have. Like I said, 
And we need to be vocal about this and end this because, like I said, the tipping point is happening right, literally right now, where we're being fed all this bullshit and expected to believe it, but it's tipping into the back to the way of truth. And they know that and they see that because the mainstream media is just dropping and dropping as far as views and people are not consuming it. So what do they do? They start taking, they took down Ryan Dawson's channel a couple of times. They took all his money. He's really, the guy's politically, as far as the Middle East, the guy really knows what he's talking about. Ryan Dawson, anti-neocon report. And a lot of people say he's anti-Semitic, whatever. He's not. He's just, he's, he's taking all the facts and putting it together. And drawing the conclusion, which is supported by his research and what he does. So that's really the way everything should be done. Not not on feelings or what you think or who's paying who. Right? <clears throat> He's also, and I actually got that phrase from him. They, he, he said to someone, oh, I'm just an anti-war activist. And I really like that phrase, man. And I think that's something that should be built upon, like just anti-war. Let's stop all of these wars. Right? And, uh, you know what? I'm kind of ranting over here. I'm coming up. I'm coming up on around 29 minutes, almost 30 minutes. What I'm going to do. And I was kind of all over the place on this episode, but sometimes you got to be all over the place. A lot of different issues that you got to touch upon. Um, you guys need to continue to be uh, positive and get deep into your meditation, deep into your breathing, get centered upon yourself and do not attach to the negative energy that's being put upon us. Attachment equals suffering, as the Buddha said, right? So uh, I do want to thank you for listening, and namaste. Stay stay tuned in because there's probably going to be another few minutes. I'm going to put some uh, audio clips on this. And uh, want to, again, thank you for listening, and uh, just listen to the final clips that I have. Namaste. About 10 days after 9-11, I went through the Pentagon and, I saw Secretary Rumsfeld and, and Deputy Secretary Wolfowitz. I went downstairs just to say hello to some of the people on the joint staff who had used, used to work for me. And one of the generals called me and he said, sir, you got to come in. You got to come in and talk to me a second. I said, well, you're too busy. He said, no, no. He says, we've made the decision. We're going to war with Iraq. This was on or about the 20th of September. I said, we're going to war with Iraq. Why? He said, I don't know. He said, I guess they don't know what else to do. So uh, I said, well, did they find some information collect connecting Saddam to Al-Qaeda? He said, no, no. He says, there's nothing new that way. They've just made the decision to go to war with Iraq. He said, I guess it's like we don't know what to do about terrorists, but we've got a good military and we can take down governments. And um, he said, I guess if, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem has to look like a nail. So I came back to see him a few weeks later, and by that time we were bombing in Afghanistan. I said, are we still going to war with Iraq? And he said, oh, it's worse than that. He said, he reached over on his desk, he picked up a piece of paper, and he said, I just, he said, I just got this down from upstairs, meaning the Secretary of Defense's office today, and he said, this is a memo that describes how we're going to take out seven countries in five years, starting with Iraq and then Syria, Lebanon, Libya, Somalia, Sudan, and finishing off Iran. The truth is about the Middle East is, had there been no oil there, it would be like Africa. Nobody 
is threatening to intervene in Africa. The problem is the opposite. We keep asking for people to intervene and stop it. And there's, uh, there's no question that the presence of petroleum throughout the region has sparked great power involvement. Whether that was the specific motivation for the coup or not, I can't tell you, but, but there was definitely, there's always been this attitude that somehow we could intervene and use force in the region. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast so it's motivational and inspirational i also have promotional t-shirts if you go to my website alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com you can see the promotional t-shirts there reach out to me also if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast just reach out and see if i can get that done i've been getting some really Great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.